Welcome to A2 Insights, your deep dive into the ever-evolving world around consumer goods. In this rapidly changing landscape, we explore the FMCG industry at all angles. Join us as we explore the hottest topics uncovering trends and groundbreaking developments and what you should be looking out for. Tune into our insightful discussions with esteemed industry experts from across Europe and the Nordic markets. Listen now and stay ahead of the game. Hi, and uh, welcome to uh, another podcast from A2 Insights. Uh, my name is Martin, I'm working with Analyze2. And today I'm sitting here with uh, Sander, or not sitting here, you're actually sitting in the Netherlands. So uh, thank you for coming. And let me start by saying, who are you, Sander? Well, uh, nice, uh, nice to be here. And uh, thanks for the invite. So my name's uh, Sander Bakker. I'm um, working for uh, for the Heineken company in the role of uh, revenue and margin growth manager for uh, for Europe. I've been working for Heineken for uh, for 20 years, and uh, I've been working in CPG industry for uh, for over uh, over 20 years. And over the course of my career, I've been working in either category roles or sales roles, um, always approaching uh, business from uh, from insights uh, perspective. So data has played and is playing a very big role in the way uh, way I'm operating. Yeah. Um, in my current role, I said, uh, responsible for the entire uh, Europe region, uh, which covers uh, 23 different uh, different countries. So um, I really hope with this background, you will give us some nice and good insights. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> As the revenue manager, what? What do you do? What is your main responsibility, Sander? In my role, I have uh, three main responsibilities. And uh, these are all really geared to support Opcos in achieving their uh, their objectives. Yeah. Uh, so I would say in, in random order, basically, these are uh, really around uh, capability building and, uh, and tooling. Mm-hmm. Opco business case uh, support, some more on the ground, uh, on the ground support. Um, and contributing to the global revenue management uh, agenda. Yeah, yeah. So in my role, I am reporting in what we call within Heineken global commerce, which um, is a function that basically sits above the regions. Yeah. So yeah. we have four regions in uh, in Heineken, four geographic regions. Uh, but then I operate within within Europe, so I have to kind of you know uh, split my time between working for global and working for uh, for your region. Okay, where yeah, the yeah. region obviously takes uh, the bulk of my of my time. Yeah. Now going into these areas, so capability and tooling is all about developing and deploying programs that improve Opco's RMG capabilities on levers and uh, enablers alike. Uh, so we help them in you know how to build pricing strategy, how to build a promo strategy, and we drive it into uh, to execution. Uh, but we also support Opcos in uh, enablers. So what is the management system you have to have in place in the Opco in terms of, you know, setting guard, real governance, alignment, et cetera, et cetera, to really enable uh, all the work that you do in the sort of more analytical part of, of revenue management to be mm-hmm. properly executed in the in the business. Um, then the second thing around Opco business support, uh, that's really where I support Opcos in um, uh, like revenue management projects so if an uh, opco has a challenge on building a promo strategy 
or you know creating uh, promo efficiencies um i'm also there to uh, to really help them in uh, like a project uh, project fashion mm-hmm. um and i also help opcos in identifying uh, business opportunities uh so really screening okay what you're doing right now in in the business where do we see from a management perspective opportunities um and thereby also helping them to really set the revenue management agenda for their for their local uh, local business their local opcom and when you talk about opportunities, what could that be like? Um... Well, it, it kind of it kind of it kind of depends. So um, the way the way I approach this, so we I um, recreated this um, uh, this this sort of you know revenue management deep dive approach uh, within uh, within Heineken, and it kind of covers two main areas as just described. That's really on you know on the what. So basically, all the revenue management levers. So we have a um, have a screening on what their performance is on you know pricing strategy, mm. profit strategy, uh, PPA mix, discount and trade terms. And the way we we approach that is that we take the opco commercial strategy, and then we try to assess to what extent their their revenue management strategies mm. are uh, have a strong connection with their you know overall commercial strategy. And that yep. already, you know, flashes out some, you know, some some opportunities uh, typically. So is there a logic in their in their in their pricing strategy in the sense that, you know, are their pricing letters uh, built up properly? How does their incentive curve uh, look like across uh, pack types within uh, within within brands? Mm-hmm. Um, are we covering the right spaces with uh, with pack uh, pack and brand, or are there any white spaces we have to we have to address? You know, things like uh, things like that. But also on the on the promo side, um, we we look at promo performance. Uh, we try to identify you know which promotions are accretive, which are actually dilutive to uh, to the business mm. of ourselves or our customers, and uh, and try to identify how we can optimize that as well. Yeah, and with all this analytical work you do, you mentioned that the local countries are quite strong in in their own decision making that you at uh, the european office or or head office are more of an kind of advisor or uh, then um, or supporter when you do this work on the hq or european level and then you have the communication with the local offices mm-hmm. then how is that interaction yeah, as, as as kind of already shared with you uh, previously, the uh, the opcos within within Heineken have a lot of freedom in determining their their commercial strategy uh, because we have a firm belief within uh, with, within Heineken that uh, that local organizations are you know best best geared best catered to to understand you know what's what's needed and be really effective in uh, in the local markets. Right, it's really hard to uh, to understand. In my case, twenty-three market to every detail from uh, from from a head office. You need to be in the local uh, local market to uh, to understand what you need to do. Now, the freedom that they have or determining their commercial strategy obviously takes place in the framework of our company company strategy. So, I think the best way to describe is that the the opcos have uh, freedom within uh, within a framework in uh, in in Heineken. So there there is you know obviously a guidance on you know where to play. But then on how to win, uh, that's you know they can they can you know uh, fill in that predominantly by them by themselves. The way we interact to get to your to your question, yeah. uh, opcos they um, or the way 
um, it kind of lands on, on, on my desk. Of course, they, they build their, their plan, right? So they have their annual plan. Mm-hmm. And their annual plan is composed out of a number of initiatives they want to uh, they want to deploy. Mm-hmm. And what I do with with Opcos is really try to understand, you know, what the initiatives look like, if they are uh, really able to uh, to deliver on those uh, initiatives. In the sense that do we have the right capabilities in uh, in place? Do we might need some some help in initiatives. I play a role in uh, supporting what we call learn, share, and reapply. Yeah, so yeah. we take best practices from uh, from from markets and share them with with other markets. So they have an example on, for example, how to uh, how to set up uh, set up PBA and accelerate on their uh, on their learning curve. Then I, I guess that with or you, or you said there were 20 plus countries in Europe, and I believe you are uh, active in 190 countries around the world with 85,000 employees and over 300 brands. That the framework that you have must be really solid, and it seems that it's really the backbone of of how you work well because without a clear and working framework this could be chaos yeah i can only sort of you know underpin that by not really something uh, something to uh, to to add to that yeah um, <laughs> there is there's a clear framework on uh, on how we how we work so how it how it you know how we cooperate is that there is a there is a global you know there's a global strategy um, yeah. And then uh, it cascades down into the into the regions. Um, so every region uh, makes a translation of the global strategy for the for the specific uh, region. Yeah. Now, if you look at the uh, at the Europe region for for Anikum, it is really focused on uh, on a you know uh, a limited number of uh, of big ticket items that really uh, make impact in the in the business. Mm-hmm. And that already gives you know very clear guidance to uh, to everybody in in our region on what to do uh, but also what not to do mm-hmm. it's really helpful in uh, in you know in driving in driving priorities so you don't have to re-debate all the time you know what what should be the priorities it's really clear for everybody uh, so all the opcos can focus on uh, delivering on those uh, priorities something else that i came to think about now talking about the inflation do you um, or like this is um, this inflation we have here is a new situation for uh, Western Europe anyway, really? but in other parts of the world like uh, South America, it, this is really nothing. Um, have you been able to use experiences from other markets to uh, to come through the situation in in Western Europe? So yeah, for sure. Um, we uh, we looked across uh, the Heineken company, for examples of uh, of Opco's wet uh, to deal with, uh, with this type of situation mm. in order to uh, to get a better understanding of our strategies uh, were were fit uh, for the for for the situation we had to deal with. And did well, for instance, your colleagues in South America did they approach? Uh, pricing differently than Western Europe or don't, don't did they use other tools or 
uh, calculations that you are now able to use, or it's really the same tools, but maybe a different reality? Um, I think uh, I think the latter. So in terms of uh, in terms of tools and approaches, it's quite uh, it was quite uh, quite comparable. Mm. It was more, you know, how are you dealing with uh, with with reality? Yeah, yeah. And uh, what uh, what does it require to uh, to deal with that uh, with that reality? Because that was uh, the the main thing that was new for I think uh, at least the Europe uh, Europe region. Mm. So yeah, that's uh, that's uh, the, the 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 big learning we got from from them is you know what does it require from uh, from the organization from the team to be really on the ball and um, and and you know make sure that you uh, you drive the right solutions also yeah. together with uh, with your customers. And uh, would you say that uh, we talked before about the local freedom for uh, the local offices? Uh, has mm-hmm. the, the communication between head office and local offices been more intense the last year? You would say? Yeah. So, um, so what we what we did, I wouldn't say that that the, the intensity has has uh, has changed. I would say that the focus. Mm-hmm. Um, has has been really different in the sense that there was so much uh, concern and pressure on uh, on how to deal with uh, with 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 inflation mm-hmm. that that was really the focal point of the interaction we had with uh, with the local organizations with the local uh, local countries yeah with the offers and has the beer industry also like many other uh, industries where they Never. see a huge downtrading uh, the last year. Do, do you see the same or is it more that the churn of the beer market has increased or it, it's basically the same penetration but just lower volumes? Yeah, so what's, what's happening in the beer category at the, at the moment? I would say it's it's a bit more of an acceleration of a trend that was already uh, already going on. Um, so on the one hand, we uh, we've experienced uh, a period of uh, high growth in uh, in a premium segment of of the market, mm. and also uh, of uh, more of the economy uh, economy side of uh, of the market, right? So that that trend is uh, is continuing. We do see, however, that uh, there is some pressure if you take the lens across Europe. And I must say that there are big differences market by market, but if yeah, you take yeah. Europe as a whole, that the 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 uh, total volume of uh, of the category is uh, is decreasing now. That might in part be driven still by some uh, some recovery effects of uh, of the on trade. So still some people switching uh, from uh, from off to uh, to on trade, but for sure there is also uh, there is also a price effect. Um, that is uh, that is reflected in the in the total volumes that are uh, that are being sold in the, in the beer category. Let's talk a little bit more about pricing because um, I'm I'm talking to um, lots of um, suppliers in uh, different uh, categories within the, okay. the FMCG sector but they all say the same that they are spending more and more time negotiating talking prices with uh, uh, the, the retailers uh, if and the 
preparations for those meetings are taking more and more efforts. Do you feel a similar situation that it's more and longer talks about uh, pricing due to the inflation now? Yeah, I think, well, yeah. So yes, those, those conversations, they are, they are intensifying. And uh, the stories that you, uh, you bring, so, so the explanation of your strategies, now they will work uh, for the entire profit pool and also for the trade margin of, uh, of our customers. Mm. They, they really have to be uh, top notch. Yeah. Now, obviously there is an extra tension on those conversation when, uh, when you're in a situation of very high inflation. So I think that's uh, part of the reason why, why this is happening. Mm-hmm. But I also think or believe, and that's my personal belief that this is happening because obviously over the years, uh, the trade has become, you know, a lot more proficient also on the, on the data analytics side, right? Mm-hmm. They have, uh, have really increased their understanding of their, of their, of their shopper also from a uh, data analytics perspective. So I think that's also one of the reasons why, you know, supporting sort of evidence that you have for your, for your business plans or your category strategies has to, has to be really, uh, really solid, right? Mm-hmm. And that might also lead into uh, negotiations being uh, being a bit more a bit more lengthy. Stakes yeah. are higher, competition is uh, super high. It's uh, it's a game where uh, where margins are are, are slim, mm-hmm. uh, generally in uh, in retail, obviously. So yeah, compiling all those all those effects uh, leads to it that um, that you really have to know what you're talking about. Uh, mm. You have to have a good preparation for uh, for your negos. You really have to understand. What the interests are of your your customer, and uh, 100% uh, every solution you bring to the table should uh, should really work for uh, for your, for your customers, right? Yeah. Because together you have to uh, you have to grow uh, you have to grow the the value uh, value pool. When I talk to the Nordic uh, customers here, um, I I can feel a little bit like the autumn or the 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 second half of last year. It felt a little bit of a chaos. We are not used to this situation, and the retailers uh, didn't really know how to handle the, the situation. It was a little bit panic, and now, even after o- only six months, it it feels like it's stabilizing a little bit. Now, you, you can sit down and re- reason, but six months back, it it was more like a panic situation. Yeah. So, yeah, this is this is uh, specifically uh, one of those areas where uh, opcos themselves have the responsibility. Okay. Uh, yeah. how, to, how to deal with it? So, the way we we help them, or the way we support it, or approach it. So, generally, you know, everything that we do in terms of pricing promo strategy is based or founded in in, in brand strategy. You know, mm-hmm. that's also the, the, the you know the takeoff uh, takeoff point for us. We really have to understand very good what sort of the, the the key objectives are on brand level, what the key drivers for growth are on brand level, and we take that as a as a fundament of defining pricing strategy, defining promo strategy. Now, to your question, what I can say is that we uh, approach it in a way where we said, okay, first we need to uh, tackle the big, you know, pricing strategy uh, question, yeah, which. Yeah, kind of was a mix between long term, but also you know, responding to what's happening in the uh, in the environment. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
um, or in the value chain, you could you could say. But then we also said let's not uh, let's not try to overreact if mm-hmm. we get in the first figures because uh, probably what is happening in the market as a whole will have an impact on on shopper behavior. Mm-hmm. So let's be really clear on the metrics that we're going to follow, which will then define the actions we we need to we need to take. And would you say that promotions has intensified even more? Yeah, again, varies uh, varies a lot uh, market uh, market by market. I think that the biggest question uh, markets have, well, first and foremost, okay, how to properly you know apply promotion strategy to support your uh, your value market share uh, value market share development right yeah. and make sure that you always have a proper offer on uh, uh, available for, uh, for 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 shoppers so there were a lot of conversations about you know what is then the right mechanism you want to uh, you have to uh, you have to you have to play and that really depends on you know what is the history that you have available what is what are the reference points that you have available in the in the business so what really comes into play here is the system and already has in you know analyzing what they've done in the past because yeah, yeah. in the end it's 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 a very good predictor of what will happen in the in the, in the future so what we what we did um, is is we had conversation with Opcos to identify okay what is what is the main sort of driver behind if it to place a decline in uh, in in the top line, mm. be it uh, be it penetration, be it you know frequency, be it uh, weight of purchase, and then based on you know those drivers we said okay then you should you know apply different strategies to uh, yeah, yeah. to support that that proportion of uh, of of your sales. Talking about the future, Sander, what uh, what will happen the, the coming years? Uh, not the whole market inflation, I mean, but uh, within um, pricing strategy. You, you think what are the topics or the new trends? Yeah, I think what what we will see is that pricing strategies will become increasingly, uh, you could say, surgical. So maybe uh, in a in a in a distant past you could uh, get away with a blanket approach on uh, on pricing, uh, but I really feel that that time is uh, is behind us and that um, uh, you know the the state of of the business, the market, uh, the level of professionality that we all have uh, require a more surgical approach to uh, to uh, to pricing. And that you really are able to uh, to support your pricing decisions with uh, with proper insights. So I think that's that's a first. So second, I think we will see uh, an increasingly fast adoption of more predictive or prescriptive uh, modeling. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Is either on uh, on pricing or uh, or on promo, because now um, I think a lot of businesses still rely on on descriptive. Mm-hmm. But given the uh, the availability of uh, of data and the increasing availability of data, both on the side of suppliers but also on uh, the side of uh, of retailers, there is a there is a, an environment where you can actually um, uh, start to deploy a predictive and prescriptive modeling. And a number of businesses are really obviously uh, working with uh, with that. Because that will allow you, in the end, to uh, to uh, to make even better uh, better decisions. It will allow you to uh, to have you know more in depth uh, discussion with uh, with your trade partners uh, on uh, on scenarios um, 
and those will allow you to to respond much faster mm-hmm. things that are happening in the uh, in the external environment of uh, of either the your your trade partners or or yourself super sander thank you so much for those wise words for the future uh, we will follow up in a couple of years and uh, see what happened yeah let's see <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. I've learned a lot and I found it very interesting the the way you work within Heineken with uh, uh, the relationship between HQ and the local countries and um, especially also in- interesting with the brand strategy versus uh, the pricing in in these challenging times. Yeah. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to A2 Insights. We hope our expert views left you inspired and stay tuned for the next episode.